Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Jeremiah chapter 30 is our target today. Verse number 9, I think, is where we're going to begin. God had told Jeremiah to write down some words. Why? Because God is interested in the preservation of his word multi-generationally. He's interested in his word going to places that individual people cannot go. He's interested in his word transcending just one lifetime. And so Jeremiah, write these words down, and these words are all concerning my promise and my love for my people, Israel, and how that I am allowing great chastisement now, and I will allow times of great trouble, and yet out of it all, I will deliver my people. I will save them out of that trouble. As opposed to the New Testament believer in what we call the church age, where God will save him from that time of judgment. See, we believe that the time of the tribulation, uh, culminating in the time, the day of Jacob's trouble, will be a time when God is dealing specifically with his people Israel, Daniel's 70th week. And that we church age saints who have been born and who have trusted Christ during these last 2,000 years, that we as a church will be raptured, caught up, caught out of this world and saved from the time of trouble. And I think 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, even John 14 and Revelation 4 uh, all point to that. Now look at verse number 9 of Jeremiah chapter 30, where it says, but they shall serve the Lord their God and David their king, whom I will raise up unto them. So this is a continuation of what we spoke about last episode. That is that God will regather his people. He'll call them from the ends of the earth to which they've been scattered. The people that have put them in slavery, uh, the tables will have been turned. And now those nations will have been judged And God's people will worship God in sincerity and in truth once once again. And David will be their king. Now, what's very interesting about that is David, in Jeremiah's day, Jeremiah's prophesying in 586 BC right here, David lived over 400 years before Jeremiah. So how is David going to be their king? And the point here is the promised seed of David. David is a metonymy for the son of David, or better, the Messiah. That King Jesus, the son of David, the one that would ultimately rule, will come and rule from Jerusalem, and God's people will recognize him. That's Zechariah chapter 14. They'll recognize the one whom they have pierced, and they will participate in the reign of Messiah. 
I'll say this as well. New Testament saints, we have gone to be with the Lord at this point, rapture, and we will return with the Lord. The Lord will return with his saints, and we will rule and reign with him during that literal 1,000-year reign we call the millennium. So good news here in verse number 9. Look at verse number 10. Therefore, based upon God has a secure future, God has a, an irrefutable promise based upon all the things we're saying and did say yesterday. Watch this, verse number 10. Therefore, fear thou not, O my servant Jacob, saith the Lord. Understanding God's future promises, understand, understanding that God has not just now, but tomorrow, and really for that matter, yesterday under control, and that God ultimately will bring benefit and blessing to his people should speak to my present emotions, should speak to my present fear. So what does God say presently through Jeremiah to these people? Don't be afraid. Fear not, because I have a plan and I have a purpose. So verse number 10 again, Fear thou not, O my servant Jacob, saith the Lord, neither be dismayed, O Israel, for lo, I will save thee from afar, from the far places to which you will be carried. I haven't forgotten about you. The story of the nation of Israel is a story of scattering, not, not just in the Babylonian captivity, but think about the numerous ways down through the ages that the Jews have been scattered throughout the whole world and have been hunted down and, and persecuted. Anti-Semitism has been rampant even today. And yet the Lord says, I know where you are. I know where you're scattered to, and I will bring you from afar. What a promise that God is making here. Verse number 10, and thy seed from the land of their captivity, and Jacob shall return. Again, we, we've talked about this, the incredible regathering of the Jews as a nation, 1948. Look at this, and shall be in rest and be quiet, and none shall make him afraid. So has that been entirely fulfilled yet? No. Even though in a lesser way, God's people went back after Babylonian captivity, but were they totally at rest? Were they never afraid again? Were they never harassed again? Of course not. We saw harassment come from the Persians. Remember the story of Haman and Mordecai and we saw harassment come from the Greeks. Remember Antiochus Epiphanes and Judas Maccabeus and the, the events surrounding the Feast of the Dedication and Hanukkah? Uh, were, were they harassed by the Romans? Of course. Remember the first Jewish revolt in 66 AD, culminating in the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD? Or the Bar Kokhba Rebellion in 135 AD, when Hadrian, the emperor, expelled all, all Jews and renamed that area after the Philistines. He called it Palestine. So the, the Jews have been harassed and made afraid down through the years. So what I'm saying is verse number 10 is not a verse that finds ultimate fulfillment and the return from the Babylonian captivity. 
But verse number 10 really is a verse that speaks to the ultimate restoration of God's people, which hasn't even taken place now, even though they're a nation. We don't have to look too far in the news to realize that God's people are still being harassed, uh, i.e., October 7th and Hamas and the saber rattling of Iran and Hezbollah and all of it. No, no, this is still the day of, in in a sense, of Jacob's trouble. And Jacob's trouble is still future. But God's promise is our present reality that I will care for my people whom I have regathered and I will bring peace and my son, Messiah, King David will rule and you will rejoice in that. So see the promises here, amazing. Look at verse number 11. God says, for I am with thee. There's no better promise in all the world than a promise of God's presence. I like what God said to Joshua, after Moses died, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee or forsake thee. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, forever. He has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Lo, I am with thee always, even unto the end of the world, Jesus told his disciples. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. There's just something about the promise of God's presence that quells even the darkest fear. So verse number 11, I am with thee, saith the Lord, to save thee. It's not just that God is with us in a supportive sense emotionally, but he's with us in his strength He's with us in his purpose and his power. I'm with thee to save thee, he says in verse 11. Though I make make a full end of all nations, whither I have scattered thee, yet will I not make a full end of thee. I will correct thee in measure and will not leave thee altogether unpunished. So what is God saying here? God is saying, I sometimes use other nations, we see that throughout Israel's history, whether it be Egypt or Assyria, 722 BC, or Babylon, 586 BC, or Persia, or Greece, or Rome, or any of the other nations down through the years that have persecuted God's people, whether it be Russia, or Germany, or any of the places to which uh, God's people have been scattered. God says, I am, I'm going to deal with every nation that has risen up against you, and I'm going to make a full end of them. They will pay ultimately for their choice to stand against me by standing against my children, but I will not make a full end of you. Even though I'm going to punish you, I'm going to chastise you, I'm going to deal with your sin, I am not going to stamp you out. So even in chastisement, God is giving them this ray of hope, isn't he? This is not a full end. This is not the end. Verse number 12, for thus saith the Lord, thy bruise is incurable and thy wound is grievous. So remember, the prophecy is during the Babylonian invasion. And what God is saying is, don't, don't think that you're going to get a last-minute healing now. Don't think that 
by calling out to me that somehow I'm going to save you from the Babylonians in some miraculous way. Now, he did do that for Hezekiah and the Assyrians. But what he's saying now is, no, this section of your chastisement is incurable. Verse number 13, there is none to plead thy cause thou, that thou mayest be bound up. Thou hast no healing medicines. I mean, there's no answer for this, this, this wound. He, he likens their punishment to a, a disease. There's nothing at the pharmacy that's going to help you. Uh, there's there, no, no doctor's prescription is going to alleviate what's happening to you right now. Verse number 14, all thy lovers have forgotten thee. That's another metaphor. And the metaphor here is Israel, Judah, has been reaching out. Remember that God gave that message to Jeremiah to speak to all the ambassadors of these various surrounding nations like Syria and like uh, Edom and Moab and all the surrounding nations. And remember, God told Jeremiah, tell those people that I have determined that Babylon will be the invading nation and you're not going to stop her. So you might as well just submit to the consequences of your own sin. So here God says, all of your lovers, all these human secular alliances that you've made, they're not going to work. So all of these human relationships, the all of these political alliances are going to fail. All thy lovers have forgotten thee. They seek thee not. Now they've forgotten all about you. For I have wounded thee with the wound of an enemy, with the chastisement of a cruel one, for the multitude of thine iniquity, because thy sins were increased. No, I have dealt with you according to your rebellion. And this is going, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Now, I'm not going to stamp you out. I'm going to honor my promise. There's coming a day. But for now, the way of transgressors is hard. And that's a lesson for all of us, that God is not a God to be trifled with. And even in the pain of chastisement, God is giving us a measure of, a big measure of hope. And isn't that just like our God to always paint a picture of hope, because in Christ, the son of David, the ruler over, over Jerusalem, there is hope. God controls even the future. Well, that's it for today. We'll jump into verse number 15 tomorrow. Hope you join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.